Hey, and welcome to The Living Stone, a digital ministry from Greystone Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Here's this week's scripture reading and sermon. The scripture reading today is from Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind on divine things, not human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any persons want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done." Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was very humbled and and really thankful that Chrissy asked me to come and give the sermon this morning. been a very long time. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about it. I don't know, because when Cindy was here, she would usually preach, not me. That made a lot of sense. Um, I'm not sure that I've ever spoken here at Greystone, but I'm very, very thankful to be here with you this morning. Have you ever wanted something so badly that you could taste it? Maybe it was a car or a job. I could go on and on for the things we want, and we can want so badly. We're like, can I just have fill in the blank? This was what this was what Peter wanted so badly was to bring God's kingdom to this earth. And that's why he responded so harshly to Jesus when he began talking about how he was going, uh, how his life was going to end and how he was going to bring the kingdom into the world. I know this is a very familiar scripture, and I really hope this morning we can look at it with fresh eyes and rereading and thinking very closely about Peter his thought, and this idea of not losing your life. 
As I was reading the scripture, I was thinking to myself, what kind of image? And the image that kept coming to my mind was, I don't know if many of you have been to the beach maybe this summer and scooped up sand in your hand, dry sand. The more you squeeze it, the more it comes through your fingers. And I think that that's what Peter was doing here in this scripture. He wanted to hold on to Jesus and hold on to what they had and create God's kingdom here. But the more he squeezed, the more the sand slipped right through his fingers. And as Jesus was telling the disciples about what was about to happen to him, Peter couldn't stand it any longer. Just a few Verses before this, remember, Jesus had called Peter the rock that he was going to build a church on. And now, all of a sudden, Peter steps in it again. Peter can go from 50, uh, for 100 miles an hour to zero just like that. Peter is very impulsive, and he is having none of this. And he said, basically, hell no, you're not going to do this. It's not right. Now, the translators don't say that, but that's basically what it says. You know, you can't have Peter cussing in, in the Bible. That would just be wrong. But that's what he said. No, this cannot happen. And Jesus said, you're looking at this all wrong. Do you want to lose your life? Or do you want to save it? The rock has turned into sand. But it's hard. It is hard for us to allow God's kingdom to come in the way Jesus describes it in our scripture today. Because we have to lose our life to save it. And this is so, so, so hard. It's so hard because we we want to be perfect and do things just right always. We want to make sure the people around us do things just right always. We want to correct them and make sure if you know what's right, that you tell them what's right. And if you have to, you make sure and tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them until they're probably sick of you and they do it wrong anyway. But that's another, that's another story. But, that, but that's the point here in our scripture is to lose our life means to tell other people what to do and expect them to do what you want them to do instead of letting God guide them in the direction that they need to go. We have to have the grace to let people make mistakes. The people we love are going to make mistakes. Just like you did and I did. We survived, and sometimes experience is the best teacher. 
I know there's several things I won't ever do again, but I tried it once. <laughs> but I'm still here. The second way we can lose our life is when we decide, I have a plan, and this is my way, and this is what I'm going to do, and I don't know, 18 or 50 or 70, you decide, I know where I'm going from here to the end. And come hell or high water, I am going to get there, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make this happen the way I want it to happen. It can be very frustrating. It can be very stressful. I mean, I'm standing here preaching, and that definitely was not where I thought I would be when I went off to college in 1988. Yeah, I'm old. But I had no earthly idea that I would go to divinity school or do anything any of the things that I have done, I was going to go get a computer programming job to do that, uh, and then maybe be a deacon or something, but, you know, I had no earthly idea what I was going to do. You do have to have an idea where, where you want to go. As the 38 special song says, you have to hold on loosely, but never let go, because you, you have to have a direction but the specifics in that direction change. Your priorities change. God leads you in different directions. So you have to hold on loosely and follow God. Follow where he is leading you. Instead of deciding ahead of time, God, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it. And that's just the way it's going to be. I call these holy detours. And I like that because, much like a road detour, detours aren't always fun. They don't always send you through the best parts of town. They're not always good. But God's in them. I mean, I, I never expected to have a stillborn child. I never expected to be a widower at 46. None of that was in my plan. None of it was good. But it was a holy detour. Um, I met Cindy, married her, had Charlie. Have had a wonderful life so far. Not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. But I look forward to the next holy detour. Because holy detours are not good necessarily. But holy detours are orchestrated by God. And no holy detour will ever take you out of God's will. And no holy detour will God ever leave you alone. God is with you. He is guiding. He is taking you on this journey. And that is the life that you gain when you lose the life where you're in control, where you're trying to manipulate everything. This is, the, this is the way of true life. This is the way you save your life. 
My best example, and it is imperfect, is the way I hopefully have let and continue to let Charlie grow and make mistakes. I, I told Charlie he was going to be in the sermon, and he told me it was okay. Now, I don't know if he lied or not. You can ask him afterwards, but, but he's, he said it was okay. But I have given him the chance, the opportunity, the freedom to do what he wants to do. I've given him my best advice. What are we up to, Charlie? 2,432 times I was right and about seven uh, you were right, something like that. <laughs> Not that we're counting or anything. But we have to let our children, our grandchildren, our friends, whoever, we have to let them live their lives. We give them the best advice we can. We tell them what we have experienced. We pray for them. We ask God to keep watch over them. We ask them to follow God. And then we let them go. We have to lose our lives to gain it. We have to lose our lives to bring the kingdom into this world. And I can't allow what I want to affect, again, I can give advice to Charlie, but it doesn't matter what I want. I would argue, and I have many times told Charlie that it doesn't necessarily matter what he wants, although there, that's a component to it, but it's about what God wants. If we are saving our lives, we are following God. And we don't have to do it perfectly. That's the grace. We can make mistakes. We can do the wrong thing for the right reason or the right thing for the wrong reason. And God will take that. God will take our imperfect gifts and use them for God's purposes. There's nothing any of us can ever do that will make God not love us. And there's nothing we can ever do to thwart God's eventual purpose for our lives. There's, we don't have the power to make God's not have a plan for us. May not be the original plan. I don't know. I don't know exactly how all that works, but I do know this. There's nothing you can do to make God not love you and not guide you and not lead you forward in your life. In doing our best to follow God and love one another as best we can, we'll be ready for the last admonition in this passage. We will be ready to be repaid what we have done. That was another thing in this passage as I was rereading it. I, I guess it's good to look at passages 
that you've read and read and read with, with new eyes. But think about, at least in my experience, this repayment was a punishment thing. And all of a sudden, I thought about this. Think about how you treat other people each day. And if you treat them well, then you will be treated well. This isn't necessarily about punishment. It's about you getting back what you put in. I call it the grand amplification. Made that up all by myself. <laughs> but think about it. It amplifies what you're doing. If it's good, then the good gets repeated. And if it's bad, the bad gets repeated. It's an admonition for us to be careful. To be careful about what we're doing because in God's kingdom, it's not so much what goes around comes around as much as it is what you give out gets amplified and gets amplified and gets amplified. If the music is bad, it's going to be bad loud. <laughs> and if it's good, it'll be good loud. As I close today, please hear this message from God. You are loved just as you are. There is nothing that you can do to be loved more. Don't try to save your life by holding on and grasping at things. But instead, give your life. Give your life to God. Trust God. Look for those holy detours. Look for where God is calling you to go, to do, to be. And know that God is with you. God will take your gift, whatever those gift or gifts are, and he will use them to give you life and give it more abundantly. So don't lose your life. Instead, find it in God and find it in God's kingdom that is here now. Amen.